0: Grab, grab your copy of God's Word today, and would you turn to 1 Samuel chapter 14, 1 Samuel 14, whether that's on a device or whether you got a good old-fashioned, good old-fashioned, y'all, I'm about to preach today because I got, I got a new Bible, I got a big Bible. I got a big Bible, Pastor Rick gave me this Bible last week i 'm about to preach out of a big Bible. I just figure big problems bigger Bible that my that my word ain 't no niV thin line i 'm not trying to carry a pocket sized bible i 'm carrying my big Bible. Come on when the thud's like that, the devil gets nervous and uh, we 're going to keep going to the word first Samuel chapter. Chapter 14, and then I want to encourage you, um, if you brought that booklet with you that most of you should have received in the mail, or if you grabbed a copy when you were walking in, or you can go to multiply.church, multiply.church, it's right there on the home screen, and you can click on that five initiatives, five initiatives, we're so excited, I believe. That God is going to show us what he's doing. Isn't it just like God during a global pandemic to not stop but keep moving the kingdom forward? And I believe, I just want to, this sermon really is just bragging on God. That's what it is. It's bragging on God, and I want to show you all that God has been doing Really, during these past six months, but even beyond that, and we want to we want to catch you up to speed on some of these uh, initiatives. There's five multiply initiatives that we want to launch. and I want to frame this in this in this text today, First Samuel chapter fourteen. The back story here is the Israelites are hiding. Every time you know that the Israelites are in hiding, you know that something's wrong because hiding was never their calling hiding, holding back, and holding out was never their destiny. They were called to be victorious, but they were hiding. They were called to, going, to be going on the offensive, but they were barely playing defense, and they're in a place of rocky crags, Saul, and 600 of, his, 600 of his warriors. The king the king who was anointed to take territory, the king who was anointed to advance the kingdom, and all of his warriors, they're, they're hiding. So here's the account in 1 Samuel 14. One day, Jonathan, who was Saul's son, said to the young man who carried his armor, Come on, let's, let's go over to that Philistine garrison on the other side. But he didn't tell his dad. Saul was staying on the outskirts of Gibeah in the pomegranate cave at Migron. Can I, can I be, can I just, this wasn't in my notes. I'm going it's my big Bible. I'm going to preach early. Can I be, can I encourage you, be careful who you tell your dreams to. If God births something in your heart and your spirit and you tell that to somebody who is a dream crusher, then they have the capacity to, to, to vacate the faith that God is rising up in you. Saul Saul was a father. The fathers of the house should be speaking life into the sons of the house. The fathers of the house should be saying, go, son, you got this. You got this. Take new territory because it's my anointing and my mantle that I'm now passing on to you. And, son, I want to see you achieve everything in your life that God has called you to achieve. But Saul had lost the anointing Of the father. And so here Jonathan is with a call on his life and a destiny in his heart. And he couldn't even tell his dad. Can we always be a church that raises up and blesses the next generation? Those kids over in Kids World, those kids. We got a we got a swear jar in the office. This is this is true. It's no, don't worry. It's not real, cousin. <laughs> don't, don't get nervous. Don't be, nobody leaves. Stay with me. So if we say if we say the former names, um, we got to put a dollar in the jar and it goes to speed the light. Goes to missions. Uh, I think I'm five dollars in six now. Easton, Easton, can you make a note? I owe you. So. Um, <laughs> multiply kids <laughs> multiply youth can we always can we always be a church that blesses the future generation that say, that says we're not done but we will always raise you up and we will speak life into the dreams of our children and our children's children and their children amen and so the people who were with him were about 600 men including well, Longest title in the Bible here. I don't know if that's true, but it feels like it. Ahijah, the son of Ah 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 Ahitub, Ichabod's brother, son of Phinehas, son of Eli, the priest of the Lord, in Shiloh, wearing an ephod. Can I tell you that there are people with all the titles but no action? This dude, whoever he was... He knew all the right people, had the right title. He was wearing the right outfit. But leadership is not about your position. Leadership is about what you do with what you're given. And these people did not know that Jonathan had gone. And within the passage by with Jonathan sought to go over to the Philistine garrison, there was a rocky crag on one side and a rocky crag on the other side. I'm about to, I'm about to preach that you never need ideal circumstances to do something for God. And the name of one was Bozes and the other was Sana. The one crag rose in the north in front of Michmash and the other on the south in front of Geba. And Jonathan said to the young man who carried his armor, come, let us go over to the garrison, garrison of these uncircumcised Philistines. Perhaps, perhaps, say perhaps. Perhaps the Lord will work for us for nothing can hinder the Lord from saving by many or by few. And I just, I got to tell you, I find that somewhat humorous. Because if I was a leader in that situation, right, and I'm trying to convince one armor bearer, if I'm trying to cast vision, if I'm trying to rally the troops here, here's Thousands of Philistines, we're hiding, we're, 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 we're not advancing, and, and let's go take the land. I think to, that just maybe I would have chosen another word except, huh, perhaps. You, I mean, can you imagine the armor bearer? Here's Jonathan, valiant warrior, man of, man of faith, man of God dreams. The armor bearer's got to be like, Jonathan, do you got something better than a Perhaps. We're about two two of us, bro, you and me. We're about to climb this cliff into a thousand plus Philistines. You got something? Could you at least could you at least drum up of? I feel like God is saying, or or maybe even could we press into a? Thus saith the Lord. Could you could you pull out a scripture, Jonathan? Perhaps, perhaps I want to I want to preach to somebody today about the power of. A, perhaps. Do you know that you don't need to be 100% sure before you take your next step? See, these are uncertain days and uncertain times. And I need to preach up within your spirit a holy perhaps. Because for some of you, the enemy has you frozen because of the uncertainty around you. And we've let the uncertainty around us creep into our spirits and allowed uncertainty to creep into our spirits. And we are not doing, maybe we're not taking a step of obedience but can I tell you that God is so gracious that He'll work with your, perhaps? I'm telling you He'll work with your, perhaps. If you wait till you're 100 percent sure to take a step of faith and obedience for the Lord, you're never going to do anything for God. You're, I, I mean, to be a hundred percent sure, perhaps, say, perhaps, perhaps, sometimes, sometimes all you have is a perhaps. Sometimes all you know in life is I can't stay here. Sometimes all you know is I'm tired of living under the hand of the enemy. Sometimes all you know is I'm tired of the enemy beating up on my kids, perhaps. I'm tired of the enemy messing with my marriage, perhaps. I'm tired of turning on the news and it seems like the enemy takes more and more territory by day. Perhaps, perhaps the power of a perhaps <laughs> that that phrase, that phrase that we all learned as kids, ready, set, go. That's a lie. Your neighbor, your neighbor friend was lying to you. Your brother was lying. There is no ready set go. It's go set ready. <laughs> go set ready. In this season, I'm telling you, if you wait till you're ready, you'll, ne- you're, you'll never feel ready. Sometimes it's go, set, ready, as in take a step of faith, go. God will set you up for victory in the process, and he'll make you ready. Perhaps, perhaps, moving forward in seasons of uncertainty, God's people were never called to hold the fort. God's people were never called to hide. We're not called to be wait and see people. We're called to action. I don't want to have the title. I want to have the Holy Spirit. Today, today, again, we just want to brag on God during a season of uncertainty that he has been moving in miraculous ways. And I want to bring you today a sermon, mostly via video, from our location lead pastors as we begin to see all that God is doing To multiply. In the late 1950s in Bush Chapel at Southeastern Bible College, a young man crawled out from underneath a grand piano. It was the only space available during an altar call at a revival service. It was there that a young Tom Whidden emerged with a divine calling and a geographical mandate. Go to Concord and plant a church. It will be the largest church in the county. He obeyed, and God fulfilled. What began on Father's Day in June of 1958 under the leadership of Pastor Tom and Betty Whidden with 32 people in the Pastime Theater in Concord, North Carolina has today become a multi-site church of thousands with locations in Concord, Lake Norman, Charlotte, Harrisburg, and in our Hispanic community. We also have an innovative Christian school, Concord Academy, a dream center that is meeting the tangible needs of the underserved in our community, and SEU Carolina, a regional campus of Southeastern University, one of the fastest growing private universities in the nation. Throughout the years, the name, both officially and unofficially, has changed. Concord Revival Center, First Assembly, First Assembly Worship Center, Concord First Assembly, CFA Church. But the mission, the mission has remained the same. To carry out the great commission and the great commandment and to win as many people to Jesus as possible. And now we become Multiply Church. We're changing our name not because anything is wrong, but because everything is right God has been faithful to fulfill the original vision in Concord and now we sense that God wants to multiply what he is doing here in other cities and regions around the world. Today, we are launching five multiply initiatives. I can't wait for you to hear these stories of where God is actively at work at Multiply Church.
1: At the beginning of this year, in the middle of our 21 days of prayer, I had a dream. And in that dream, the Lord spoke, and Crystal and I began to pray about what God had said separately, and we both came back with the same exact thing, that God was calling us to plant a church in Harrisburg, North Carolina. As I stepped into Pastor Doug's office, I had no clue that for almost a decade, Multiply Church had been trying to plant in Harrisburg, North Carolina, but it was just never God's timing. But we believe that right now it's God's plan and it's God's timing. Another thing that I had no clue about that is that Harrisburg is one of the top 10 fastest growing cities in North Carolina. And as Crystal and I continue to see the number of the population grow, we just keep asking ourselves, how many people who move to the city don't know Jesus? And God has already started doing some amazing things through Multiply Church Harrisburg. One story real quick, I got a text from a friend that I went to high school with a few weeks ago and he told me, Wesley, I'm in a tough spot, I'm feeling depressed, I've got an alcohol addiction and I just see no reason to live. And we continued to talk and he said, all right, I won't do anything until we meet next week. When he walked into my office, it was a totally different person. He said, Wes, I've opened up the word. I've begun to pray and God has radically changed my life. He said, listen, God not only has changed my life, but he's challenged me to get connected to a church body, to find a tribe and get discipled and also begin giving to his kingdom. And he said, I believe that Multiply Church Harrisburg is supposed to be that place. And not only that church, but an hour later, he sent me this video. He took every bottle of alcohol that he had been hiding that had been feeding his addiction and began to throw it in the trash can, dedicating his life to God, dedicating his life to what's next to finding his purpose in loving Jesus and changing the world. I tell you that story to tell you this. Like it says in Matthew 9, the Lord is stirring up a harvest right now in the city of Harrisburg, North Carolina. And we at Multiply Church Harrisburg are just praying that God would equip us with harvest hands, that we would step in and do his work. The Lord is opening doors and moving mountains right now, guys, and we are so excited for the future of Multiply Church Harrisburg.
2: Church, did you catch the fullness of Genesis 1:28? And God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. So I don't care where your story starts. I don't care where you're from or who you are. I don't care what hand you were dealt. I came to tell somebody today that God blessed you before he ever called you. The blessing of God is on your life. So I need somebody to say this, say, I'm blessed. No, 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 say it, say it one more time. Say, I'm blessed. Now, put some bass in your voice like you mean it and say, I'm blessed, but I got to do the work. Haggai chapter 1 verse 14 says this. So the Lord stirred the spirit of Zerubbabel and he stirred the spirit of Joshua and he stirred the spirit of the whole remnant of the people. And they came together and began to work on the house of the Lord Almighty. Church, the Lord has stirred the spirit of Pastor Doug. He stirred the spirit of this staff, and now he's stirring the spirit of the people. Let me go back to my Southern Roots translation. That's all us, and that's all y'all. So why are we changing the name from Davidson to Lake Norman? It's because we got to do the work. See, Davidson started with a prayer and a journal entry from Pastor Doug but then 36 people went to a movie theater and planted a church, we had to do the work and then we expanded to the coffee shop, we had to do the work and church, we've seen families and marriages restored. We've seen healings and baptisms and salvations and baptisms of the Holy Spirit. The list goes on and on and on, but church, there's still more work to be done. Why? Because there's still people in Statesville who don't know Jesus. There's still people in Huntersville who don't know Jesus. There's people in Cornelius and Denver who don't know Jesus. And we can have vision to reach the lost, but vision without work is worthless. So what's next? We've purchased eight and a half acres, and we're currently working with architects on design concepts for a building in Lake Norman. Imagine a building in Lake Norman that not only serves a community, but is part of a community. Imagine a building that's full Monday through Sunday. Uh, imagine a building that has a CrossFit gym and a barbershop. Uh, imagine a building that has a coffee shop and a mom's morning out facility. Why those things? Because that's where people are.
3: What's going on, Multiply Family? Pastor John Hernandez here, lead pastor of Center City Church in beautiful West Charlotte. Can you believe that it's been close to a year now? Well, actually a little bit over a year. And if I'm going to be completely honest with you, it has been a crazy year. And yet the Lord has been stirring our spirit as a church to consider maybe it's not a year of challenges as much as a year of opportunity. See, since being here, I've Develop this new practice that I, my staff really doesn't necessarily always like. I call it the, the long way to stuff. What I mean by that is if we have a lunch appointment, I have a tendency of taking the long way to the restaurant. I'll take random side roads, not necessarily knowing where I'm going, or maybe my ride home that should take me about 35 minutes. takes me like an hour and 35 minutes because I have fallen in love with Charlotte all over if you haven't been to Charlotte lately, I'm just gonna tell you it's become a city of boroughs. From Camp North End where there's so much new development and construction to where I'm standing now in beautiful West Charlotte, it, it, it just is only a block or two different, and yet they're totally different communities. You have areas where there's these beautiful apartment buildings that are piercing the new skyline and yet what you'll find is young, business professionals walking their dogs, going to get Jenny's ice cream, and and, and yet, a couple blocks away, you'll see more mature neighborhoods filled with these beautiful trees that overhang the streets and brownstones that have been around forever, and you'll find Charlotte has not only become uh, diverse in architecture, but it's also become diverse in population. People from all over the world have come to Charlotte on, on one of those journeys, on one of those trips through the city, um, I pulled into a gas station. I I hate getting gas. It's the worst part of my week, but as I pulled into the gas station, um, I I begrudgingly got out of my car and kind of threw the gas tank open, and as I was standing there watching my money disappear, um, I noticed the sound of a faint cry come from a car behind me, and I began to hear A young lady uh, as she began to explain on her phone call that she had gotten down to the last amount of money in her bank account and didn't have enough gas to get to where she was going the only thing that was louder than her conversation was the giggles coming from her two-year-old who was sitting in the seat right next to her my heart was broken but at the same time the Lord reminded me that this wasn't just one person this is a snapshot of our city we are surrounded by brokenness and it's our job as the church to step into these moments and bring life family freedom and purpose That i believe the lord has planted a vision in our heart for what he desires to do through the work of center city I'll take you to this passage in Acts, you've all read it before, I know it's Acts chapter 2 and verses 6 says this, when they heard the loud noise, everyone came running, and they were bewildered to hear their own language being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be, they explained, these people are all from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native language. The Lord began impressing upon me this idea that he is bringing the world to this beautiful city. What he began to reveal in my spirit through the studying of his word and through my random travels was this phrase, five and five. I began to ask the Lord, talk to the team, talk to some people that I trust. and We believe that God is asking Center City to plant five expressions of the gospel throughout the Queen City. Whether it's Noda or South End, whether it's the, the Camp North area or the University area, we don't know. But what we are believing is that God is asking us to do something new and different. And we cannot wait to step fully into the multiplied blessings.
4: I remember it like it was yesterday. I was at a conference sitting in the back section on the right-hand side in the front row of that section, July 28, 2016. The speaker was speaking about how the harvest was ripe and I had this emotional moment where, you know, you you feel like you want to cry but you're around a whole bunch of other people and I'm a dude so I ain't going to do that in front of people. So I pulled out my journal and I began to write down some things that I felt like God was speaking to me. One of them was this. I believe God has called me to equip the future with a model for digital church. I'm a dad with four kids, and one of the things i found is that every one of my kids is different, especially when it comes to how I have to approach them with having a difficult conversation. Some of them I can approach very bluntly and just get right to the point. Look, you're being stupid. Knock it off. There's another kid that I have that if I approach that exact same way, it'll end completely different. If I just say to them, look, you're being stupid. Knock it off. It'll end more like this. Why are you saying I'm stupid? And it'll be a much more difficult conversation and they'll miss what I had to say because of the way that I approached them. The right message with the wrong approach yields the wrong results. And the reason I change my approach is because I care. And and when you care, you're never content just to make your point. When you care, your job is to make a difference. We have made church more interesting than it's ever been, but yet there's some who are still not interested. We have made church more attractive than it's ever been, but yet there's some who are still not attracted. And as a result, those people, and listen to me, there's some who will never set foot in our doors, but they will spend 11 hours a day consuming, watching, reading, and interacting with digital devices. In fact, the world has changed. We can now reach into the pocket of over 3.5 billion people. God has called me to figure out how to navigate this technical space. So we're launching Multiply Studio because we will do whatever it takes to reach people in this digital space. Because my heart breaks for those who will never set foot in our doors.
0: And make no mistake, we got our work cut, cut out for us in Cabarrus County too, don't we? Do you see the latest stats? I think Cabarrus County, 210,000 people, 210,000 people, 600 churches. Let's go with a median of 100 per church, which I think is being generous. 60,000 people on any given Sunday engaging with church, but that's still like 150 plus thousand people in the middle of the Bible Belt in the middle of Cabarrus County 150,000 people right now right now who are far from God that if Jesus were to return today would not end up in heaven and it's our job to climb a cliff it's our job to get out of these rocky crags. It's our, it's our job. Can I go back to this story of Jonathan just for a moment? Jonathan and this, and this armor bearer, they, they climb the cliff. One strike to the enemy, one blow to the enemy, and they take out 20 people. The Bible doesn't go into detail how that happens. It just says 20 people fell with one blow. And then the panic begins to inset in the Philistine camp, in the enemy camp. And so 20 people down with one blow, panic in the camp, confusion in the camp. And that begins to stir something called momentum. And there begins to be this momentum. And suddenly the 600 warriors that were hiding, they're like, hey, I see God moving. I want to be a part of this. And people that had actually gone over to the enemy's camp and were part of the Philistines, the lost started coming home. And people that were held in captivity, they started and it began this amazing movement. It began this, this momentum and this energy and this revival happened. You say, what happened? What What happened from one perhaps one perhaps to victory, to salvations, to freedom, to, to all of this. What happened? There was one linchpin verse. One linchpin verse in all of this. And it's verse 7. It's verse 7. It was the armor bearer's response. And the armor bearer said to him, the armor bearer said to him, go ahead. I am with you heart and soul can I preach just a little bit about the power of an armor-bearer? A power of The power of the armor-bearer. See, one armor-bearer's response, go ahead, I'm with you, heart and soul. It's that spirit that begins to awaken faith in other people around you, and it begins to access the supernatural of power of God working on your behalf. One armor-bearer. Can you imagine a church of thousands, multiplied church, that have the spirit of the armor-bearer. It looks like the enemy's winning, but let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Can I call out the spirit of the armor-bearer in somebody today? Maybe you're not even 100% sure, but all you know is there are lost people out there. And can we say, go ahead to all that is in your heart. Go ahead, God. Go ahead, pastor. Do all that is in your heart. I'm with you, heart and soul, because I'm telling you, there is nothing that the kingdom of darkness can stop when there is a united people together in heart and soul. Together, together, watch this. I believe that we can be a part of a movement. All of this is part of the fifth initiative, which is the Multiply Movement. The Multiply Movement is simply a global church planting movement. Concord, Lake Norman, Harrisburg, Charlotte, Espanol, the studio, and we really believe that this is just the beginning. We believe that there are more Pastor Toms. We believe there are more grand piano moments, and we believe that there are more Concords. We believe that God is even now breaking people's heart for a city. We believe that His Holy Spirit is brooding over that very city, and we believe He is preparing that city for revival. We see God shifting atmospheres and changing family trees. We see this happening across North Carolina, other states, and other nations. We can't wait for the day when we plant the first Multiply International Church. So, what city? what state, what nation will be next?
1: Is anybody encouraged this morning at what God is doing? God is up to big things. I don't know if you can go to many Sunday services right now and be this encouraged. What I'm most encouraged about though by far is not all the different you know buildings and Different churches that are going all over the place, but that the fact that the mission still remains the same. The mission, the heart of who Multiply Church is, still remains the same, no matter what city, no matter what country. It's that lost people need Jesus. And we're called to fulfill that great commission and be missionaries for Jesus. With every head bowed and eye closed in this room, you may be in the house or watching online and you're experiencing all different types of emotions maybe that you've never even experienced before. We want to give you an opportunity to make the greatest decision you could ever make in your life, and that's to join the family of God. Romans 10 says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that he died on the cross, that you are saved. Our language here at Multiply Church is that maybe you feel like you're walking around and you're not awake or you're going through the motions of life, but you don't feel alive. We believe that the same God who spoke the earth into motion can breathe his breath of life into your lungs right now. And you can find life and you can find purpose in a relationship with Jesus Christ. If you're here in the room or you're watching online and you say, you know what, Pastor Wes, that's me. I don't have a relationship with Jesus, but today, today's my day. Today, I want to make the decision to give my life to Christ. I believe in my heart that he is Lord and that he died on the cross for me. What I'm going to ask to do is we're all going to step into this moment with you. If everybody would just place their hands on their heart and repeat this prayer after me. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. Forgive me of my sins. I give my life to you now and always. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, church, can we celebrate with our new family members in Jesus Christ?